When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Rana. How are you? I'm doing well. I was just doing a little bit of a leg stretch. Oh, okay. I've been doing a little more yoga lately, so I get limber for my summer. I, I really can't. I really can't handle how personally you're taking uh, coming out of lockdown. Rana, I hit on I hit on several people at your house on the fourth in the vineyard, and no one responded. Oh, well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and I, I just didn't. What are you I fishing? Thought, what are you fishing in my pond for? May I ask? Because Rana, like, I just feel like if I'm able to find someone by the time you go on vacation that is at sort of in your world, that you'll take us both on the vacation. Why don't you just do what any other self-respecting single gay man would do? Mm-hmm. And. Grindr. No, I mean, sure, but no. Sure. It's okay, not what okay. I was going to say, but sure. Why don't you do what our friend, and I don't know if this was Patreon only, so people maybe don't know about it here. I think it was our cliffhanger, the friend who wanted to set up the friend with the pottery class. Why don't right. you do what any other person would do, which is class? stay at the pot, oh. stay at the patty for as long as you want to stay at the patty, yeah. and then go off and live a completely separate life. So we right. go on vacation. I don't care if you, you're screwing every member of the crew on the yacht. It's got nothing sure. to do with me. Right. But what are you creeping my guests out for is what I'm I want to know. I'm not creeping them out, Rana. <laughs> All I said was I just, I, I sort of, so I don't know if you've ever heard this And advice. I'm really going to get it for saying that's only what gay men do and not what straight men do and not what straight women do and not what all other people do. Well, I... I did. I don't. You call it what you want, but I did whisper to a couple of your neighbors, the guys. Have you ever seen another man's dick really hard? <laughs> so I, if you call that creepy, you know what? Call it what this you isn't want. acceptable. I agree with you, Ron. We have I should, I was a drunk. very illustrious guest today, and if you think this is how he wants this episode to start, this is both free feed mm-hmm. and carriage house exclusive behavior. All he that deals in his balls, right Rana. You know what? How dare it's you? true. How dare you? He's the soccer guy. No, we need to get this back on track. And if people right. are wondering if there's a big, deep edit in here that they don't know mm. what's happening in this intro, mm. it's because I decided Brian was spewing far too much filth. Spewing? <laughs> now then, you're talking. Now, you know what, Alana Turner? Just cool it, okay? <laughs> you're right. Five stars, five stars only. If you love the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. That's right. Uh, We have a couple of fabulous follow-ups today, and I think we should get to them. I do, too. They're great follows-up. Follow-ups, follows-up? F-U's. Follow-ups. right. Thank you, Anna. There are some great F-U's. Okay. 
Let's get this cookie cracking. Did you ever hear no, that expression? I don't love no, but I don't love crack pie from Milk Bot. People talk about crack. Pie I like don't something. like it at no, all. It's just sugar. I'll take their confetti cake any day of the week. Yeah, but I don't like their crack pie. No, and not you're, you're hearing it here first. Yeah. Okay. Well, second, I really said it first. Yeah, you are right about that. Yeah. Okay, we do have some great fus today. So yeah. I don't know if anyone remembers the writer's assistant who wanted a raise, but also he was, I think, an actress who wanted to audition, but also felt like he deserved a raise at this company and kind of wanted to have it all, which, like we and said, we'll ask for it. We also felt like he was maybe working on a show that didn't match up with his sensibility. But anyway, yeah. Right. With Go the writers. On. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this is the writer's and assistant. And his boss had been very generous to him during the pandemic. He was so a he great was boss. afraid to ask for the raise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hello, Wanna, Brian, and guests, if, if applicable. I am writing with a follow-up to my question answered on the Doughboys episode. To remind you, I was the writer-performer who wasn't sure if I was deserving of a raise for my writer's assistant position. I'm yeah. pleased to inform you that I listened to the great advice you gave to me with Mitch and Nick. With my confidence high and Nick's voice saying, what have you got to lose? I asked to set up a meeting with my boss. I told him I wanted to discuss my performance over the past two years, knowing I would ask for a raise when the time felt right. Well, midway through the talking, completely unprompted, he suggested a raise oh. as a token of his appreciation for all my great work. His number was even more generous than expected, excuse me. I felt as if a weight was lifted off my shoulders, and I truly, and it truly was because your advice and validation that I gained the nerve to broach the subject. Also, we discussed my future in writing. He said I had zero future in writing. Just kidding. Also, we discussed my future. Since the show he, he works- He said I had zero future. Since the show yeah. he works on is not my strength or interest in writing, he offered to continue reading my scripts and passing them on to his network of writer friends. Wow. And helping me learn the art of pitching for potential future meetings. Wow. Overall, I can't express my gratitude to you all. Please pass along my love to the Doughboys. Kiss, kiss. Don't use my name. He, him. I got to tell you- yeah, look at that. And by the way, I do think when you set up the meeting, your boss probably knew what might have been coming and so was sure. prepared for it probably. But who cares? I mean, you did the right thing. He did the right thing. Everyone won. Well, he can express his gratitude by getting Brian a pot on whatever the show is. That's right. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice, by the way, if more bosses were like that for people? And maybe they are. I don't know. For people who really, really show up. What a totally a reasonable and adult conversation. Totally. Yeah. And you got the respect you deserved. And it sounds like he's a great guy. And I, so. I bet this was pretty inspiring for our audience to hear. Totally. To be with you. Yeah. Our next update, believe it or not, we got an update or a semi update from the mother who wrote in saying she hated her daughter's fiance. That was great. By the way, Jason this was Manzoukas. And Jason Manzukis asked for this update. He absolutely did. Dude, but we should send this on to him because he, he did say, Correct. I want to know the update about that. Yeah. So we're going to have to forward this to Jason Mansoukas. Absolutely, I, I'll do it personally because I'm not sure he well, wants just giving out his me email. Or, yeah, I'm not right. sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rana, I mean, I I know him. Yeah, you know him now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it probably. Dear Rana, dearest Rana and Brian and fabulous Jason Mansoukas. You know what? I can't believe you read my letter. I know. You know he and Jessica St. Clair went to college together, so this is really you. What? They might be ganging up on you. They were in an improv group in college together at Middlebury. That's how they met. When you spoke about so they're in this together at this point. 
Oh, I mean, there's a good chance that they're both scheming against you. There's no question about it. Yeah. That they're coordinating. They're, they're velociraptors. Yeah. Well, get ready, get ready the front, for this. And then the two fl- hunting Great. flank on Get the ready back. for this T-Rex. Get ready for this Naomi, T-Rex. Next time I see them, they're going to get it. Naomi is the lead velociraptor of the pack. And then these two, a flank coming up from the flanks. If you remember Sam Neill's description. You know what, Ron? If I were on a soap opera, this would be the moment when the creators of the soap opera told me that my character was about to become a grandmother and I would lose my mind. <laughs> so I'm just telling you. When you spoke about enlisting siblings to help, of course she doesn't have any, but she does have a very close friend from childhood who I know very well. So I reached out to her. Good news, she shares my concerns. It's also terrible news, but yeah. She had only recently met him in person and thought he was like a bad cartoon character. It didn't feel good to go behind my daughter's back, but she did promise to keep a conversation in confidence and said she will try to plant the seeds of, are you sure this is what you want? She has also frozen her eggs, the friend, and might try continuing that conversation with my daughter in case it really is just a desire to be a mother that's behind this decision. I haven't had a serious talk with my daughter yet, but have sprinkled in seeds of takes time and she has been receptive to it. Great. She's thinking a year to she's thinking a year to a year and a half before the wedding. Plenty of time. Unfortunately, he still just sucks. No change there. And I have liked past boyfriends. I actually carry a lot of guilt for really loving and welcoming into the family her last boyfriend who cheated on her. I feel like my mother's intuition failed me on that one. Anywho, something for the therapist. Sorry if this was too preemptive of an update. I will let you know if, when, it does, it doesn't happen, and how much hair I've lost in the process. Love you both. Thank you again so, so much, Mary. I think you're going to be okay. A year to a year and a half is, listen, they've only known each other that long, basically, right? Yeah. So- I have a feeling that it's going to be okay. I would be very curious to have an update from quote unquote Mary, who, by the way, I'm certain is Jewish uh, and chose Mary to throw everybody off a scent. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, based on our last letter. Right. Uh, I would be very curious to know in January where we are. Sure. After the holidays, I'd like to know where we are. Great point. Because we're now in what? July. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're thinking like end of 2022. Yeah. I just think a lot's going to happen this fall for people. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. All right, read these quick uh, reviews because they're not fabulous guests going to be here and I can barely wait. Nice.Millennial says, excuse me, please turn the carriage house into a museum so we can visit. I'm sure I'm not the only, well, that can't happen here. I mean, no one's coming in here without my consent. Absolutely not, yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one who wants to they come to They can go straight to the Salem Witch Museum if they're looking for a museum. Correct. Absolutely. Or the Peabody Essex is actually quite interesting. But anyway, Why not yeah. go there? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not the only one who wants to come to Marblehead. Thanks for all the laughs and wisdom. I will never look at a 29-year-old man, or maybe boys more accurate, in the same way. XX. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Uh, get you ready for a name? <laughs> yeah. After my own heart? Let's Corn, hear it. Uh, well, if, now I've misread it. Because I thought it said con woman number one, which I was oh, like, that's my speed. No, this is still after your own hat, though. Yeah. Corn woman number one. 
She's the number one corn woman. I love it. The light of my listening ears, excuse me. The chemistry, astounding. The advice, unmatched. The guests, top-notch. This is like a Ferrero Rocher ad. I love it. The result, a powerhouse of a podcast you can't help but love. What are you waiting for? And listen, you animals. Fab. That's my kind of that's my kind of corn woman. I like her. She's a great she's that's why she's corn woman number one. That's my kind of review. Yeah. And Minnie Ripperton. Five stars only. She wrote it. She finally wrote (laughs) it. Do yourself a favor and spend a little time in the carriage house. Ronner and Brian are the most delightful hosts. Thank you very much. Fabulous. Fabulous. Listen, you can uh well the things you can do. Yeah. You can't actually visit the carriage house, but you can visit the carriage house by going to patreon.com slash askrana. Exactly right. And becoming a chip or a dip. And um, you can also bring the carriage house experience home to you. I love Which this, is Rana. why, excuse me, we invented the carriage house blend coffee, because that's yeah. what we are drinking in the carriage house. Askrana Shades of vanilla, exactly the yeah. same. Yep. Subscribe three dollars off every bag. I'd rather be looking at it than looking for it. I mean, especially with coffee, Rana. Let's be honest. You want to run out of coffee? Yeah, come on. Get your life together. Absolutely. You can cancel anytime. You can come as often as you want it to come. And for a more adult experience, for the people that (laughs) uh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. For the people that are drinking booze in our audience, we have the fabulous Negrana Negroni. Uh, that is available at negrana.com and it is flying off the shelves. We are just and in the first- And that's real classy, that stuff. And we are just in the first week of July here. So this is, summer has kicked off and kicked off right in the carriage. That's right, Ron. It's what we'll be drinking all summer, pardon me. And I just want to say this before we yeah. get to Roger Bennett. Yeah. If I have any sense, Rana, that he thinks he's better than me, I'm out. Got it? Because I know he's like British. Well, he is British, but he's from Liverpool. British and American. And they've got a real chip on their shoulder up there. Well, that I so, might like, actually. So. I just don't want him coming around here thinking, oh, look look who I want to be friends with, whoever Jason's friends with. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Roger knows Jason. We'll have to find out. Does they he know might. Jessica St. Clair I won't be surprised if they I don't think he knows Jessica or Naomi, but I do think he's probably crossed paths with Jason. So mm-hmm. we can ask him about whether he wishes we had Jason as I just want to clarify or what the, you know, whatever the, what would have made him more comfortable. So, yeah. Hello. Did yeah, you freeze? No, uh, was I that didn't. a real freeze? Or I mean, I froze, but I wasn't frozen. <laughs> frozen in your tracks, but not frozen. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. We have a guest here on the show. And I just want to say for the record, Ronna, that was yeah. really good. Uh, yeah. Actually, that distracted me enough. We should let it go. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our guest. <laughs> kiss, kiss. Attention, Carriage House members, Ronna here to tell you all about FM. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create a podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities 
totally endless. So download the free Anka app now or go to anka.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Brian. Ronner. <laughs> I mean, this, this guy can't keep it together for a second, Ron. This guy brought his own balls today. Honest to God, he is <laughs> just an absolute, he's hysterical. He's someone I've never met before, but now I think I really, really get it. Or I don't at all. I'm not well, sure Well, it'll be very interesting to me is to see if by the end of this episode, you're a deep fan or you want I'm nothing to do. I'm already a deep fan. Yeah, but you might want nothing to do with him by the end of this episode. You just, <laughs> that's the effect he has on people. Either you sure. fall- deeply in love with him and then you're on the ride forever yeah or you think he's charming for about 20 minutes and then you think you know what i'd like to do stick that guy's head in a toilet well i'll tell you he's starting out on the right foot with me by wearing that waffle house sweatshirt he today we have the number one place to go after a natural disaster or after a hurricane. Is that true? Oh, is that what they say? Everybody wants place. to get back to Waffle House. They after go a right hurricane. to, yeah. It was a Jeopardy question the other night. <laughs> and it was Waffle House. I will say I'm a little jealous of that sweatshirt. It's a I good don't know sweatshirt. How it, actually it would is. fit into my wardrobe. Sure, fair enough. Uh, this guy, yeah. you want to talk about a self made man in entertainment? Nobody asked for any of the things that he's doing, but he's he done came, them so well he now. He came to this country. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to open McDonald's here. I'm going to open my McDonald's. Sure. And my McDonald's is soccer. Yeah. And everyone's going to come. And people said, well, he said, my McDonald's is football. They said, we, we already have that. We he do said, that. Okay, we do that. Soccer. We do that. Yeah. We'll call it soccer. Right. No one's heard of that here. They, well, it's funny. Soccer is an incredibly popular sport here, but it never really breaks through to the mainstream when it comes to big viewing. Big viewing, exactly. Yes. And this guy. Because it's probably the first sport anyone plays here is soccer. It is funny. People, it's, it's for babies. That's the right. thing. And American soccer is <laughs> for babies. That's right. But, but this guy is making sure. I'd like to say single-handedly does have a co-host. Yeah. He is double-handedly making sure that people give soccer its due, pardon me, in this country. And in some way, he has combined his love for this country <laughs> as well as his love for that sport. And he has said, "I am. this is undeniable. I don't care. I'm going to make you pay attention to this. He has an absolutely off-the-wall popular podcast, Men in Blazes. Yep. He's got his own show, which I believe is on the NBC Sports Network. Pardon yes. me. He's, we're lucky to have him with us today because I know he's covering the Euros and then he's going to go to the Olympics after that. I don't know if he's going or if he's doing it from, you know, in his jorts from his house or what he's doing. <laughs> he's a writer for Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck. He <laughs> <laughs> and... His book just came out. So exciting. in the USA, which I can tell you is as funny and as charming and as deeply heartfelt as the fella himself. Without further ado. Roger. Bennett. Roger Bennett. <laughs> Roger. That was like a sports reference. Shalom. Shalom, oh, shalom, I suppose. Shalom. How, I, don't, I don't know if it's a McDonald's. It's more a crystal burger. What's Crystal, What's Crystal Burger? Burger? Like you said that he, I want to open my McDonald's. Have I wish got, it. I wish is it, it was Crystal a Burger in Liverpool. Is that what they have? Uh, no, we have uh, we have in Liverpool we have McDonald's with uh, two O's. It's like a knockoff of. Uh, 
I think of, it's uh, actually no, it's a knockoff of McDowell's, is what it is. It's a- so <laughs> McDowell's from Coming to America knocked off McDonald's, and then in Liverpool they knocked off McDowell's. That would be oh. my guess. I also want to apologize for uh, the stain on my sweatshirt. You're talking my language. I didn't know this podcast was going to be a visual <laughs> extravaganza. Well, first of all, you, you didn't start with that no, stain, but you shook up a can of seltzer <laughs> and opened it right before we started recording and it sprayed all of these sweatshirts. Um, I, I am 87% made of seltzer at this point in the week and it's all that's holding me together. But it's a yeah. joy to be here with you both. Is that the Cossack killer behind you? Is that what that picture is, or that's somebody else? Uh, wow, that's an incredible question. Excuse um, me. That is okay. my uh, right behind me on the set yeah. uh, that we have here. I've got my. It's my great great grandfather who, in the uh, opening scenes of the book, they, I grew up in Liverpool, and the yeah. myth of the Liverpool Jewish community is that it is full of the Jews that when they were fleeing Eastern Europe, the low IQ Jews saw the one tall building on the Liverpool skyline when the boat was going to refuel. And they were like, we're here. We're in New York City. We made it. And they got off the boat a stop early. So this bloke behind me, you're not able to see him on uh, podcast listeners, but it looks like any Jewish bloke who came from uh, the Ukraine in the in the 1900s. He was a kosher butcher, and he wanted to go to Chicago, the hog capital of the world, become yeah. a become a massive. Uh, sure. kind of they need co- a Jewish butcher to butcher pigs in Chicago. Yeah, they love the yeah. pig. they love the pig. They love the pig. Yeah. So uh, instead, he ended up in Liverpool. And when you have that, it's just like a shattered dream. You like I did. The family myth was we should have been there the whole time. We were growing up in Liverpool, the greatest city in the world. But in the eighties, a pretty dark and hopeless. The north of England, pretty dark, hopeless, post-industrial decline, and so. Every Friday night when we'd sit around the table, we, we should have been there. We should have been in Chicago. And that's it. it. I grew, it is I grew funny up thinking how that the, the identity there. of a family. Yeah, it is funny how those moments, uh, you know, my father was, enga- was engaged to the heiress to the London Fog <laughs> fortune. And you think Your father to yourself, was, Rana? Yeah, and you think for a minute. And you think to yourself... <laughs> If he had married her, just imagine how we would have done. But then you remember that you wouldn't have been born. You wouldn't have been born. So it's like one Rana, of those that was movies, actually a very not Rana thing. To one say. of those movies where the pencil erases you. You know, yes, you, one of your legs. Is, yes, exactly. It's yeah. a trade-off. Yeah. It's a trade-off. They're not not being born. You got to weigh that up against free raincoats. And it's it's a close on thing. But is that guy the Cossack killer, or was that no, his father? No, it was an older guy. It was an older guy, even older yeah. than him. But that because was it. Because killer was, was his that, father. Like we, we had on like many uh, Jewish characters in Liverpool, we had a wall in my grandfather's house that was just dozens of fairly grim-looking people in Eastern Europe. And I loved to go over there. He was my best mate, Grandpa Sam. I'd point at them and I'd be like, who's that one? And he'd be like, don't know. Don't know his name. And I'd be like, <laughs> why, why have you got him up? Why have you got him up? And he'd be like, that one. That one was the Cossack killer. When the Cossacks came for us, he slayed them with his hands. And we're only here because of the Cossack killer. And that's it. Ultimately, my book is a love letter to America. And I hope similarly that in about six generations time, my NBC Sports headshot will hang over my descendants dinner table. And uh, people will be like, who's that ball bloke? And they'll be like, oh, none of us remember his name. Yeah. He, he's the they'll one say his show us- wasn't really on now. <laughs> he's the one who made it to America. He's the yeah. one that made it to yeah. America. Roll they'll up. say he's the one who made it to cable, not the one who made it to network. 
<laughs> right. I've got to say, cable, say oh, was he, a, was he a TV? Well, they say, well, cable. He was a cable they, sports announcer. Honestly, yeah. in six generations, one of they'll say, what was television? Yeah. True. true. Right. They'll, they'll be watching it through the uh, lens on their own cornea or whatever. Yeah. All they'll be doing, they'll just be, they'll be saying, cool, before this dumb, massive thing called Hulu, people watch television. And yeah. they'll look at pictures and they'll say, why did they print these out? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the world, Roger. That's the world. You just well, blew my mind, Brian. I can see what Rona sees in you. You're a mind blower. I've wow. got a, I'll wow. tell you, I've got, a, I've got a real special spark in my heart and in my brain. <laughs> tell us and Rona like, saw that. I mean, she's been cultivating it. I've got to say this, and then we like have to talking, move on. It, it's like talking to a young Bill Gates, honestly. You, 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 are, you, are, you are grooming, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know me You're so well, Roger. I, I, I have heard that so many times throughout my life. Uh, because my family, the whole thing is we should have invented Microsoft, but we landed in El Paso, not Seattle. So, That's true. And I bet yeah. you the the listeners in the London Fog family are like, oh my God, do we have a dodge bullet as they listen to this? Why don't you tell true. Brian what you've, Brian, why don't you tell Roger what your family says uh, they did invent? Please. Will he know? Of course. The Michelada. The Michelada. Michi, Misha Barton. Yeah, see, no. I told you. Yeah, they invented Misha Barton. <laughs> wow. She was the great. I love Don't you know what a Michelada is? It's a beer with tomato juice in it that you get at every single sporting event on the West Coast. It's a, it's the Mexican Roger, cocktail, let me talk. Let me teach you about sports. When you come on the West Coast and you see the Dodgers, the Giants, the Manatees, that's what they're drinking at those games. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Everybody, yeah, and it no, was, it, it is the drink of death. Is that true? I haven't been to a live game in a very long yeah, time. No, of Do course, they? yeah, yeah. Well, Meat is delicious, Roger. You should have I, one. I, can, can I just say, Brian, your family's gift to the world is really, it's really enormous. It's quite a weight Thank to you. carry on your shoulders. You, you know what? I pressure? barely care, so I don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen to me, Roger. That's not what this show is about. Okay, it's not about you sitting around. <laughs> slinging dirt at people and talking Deflect, about what, what your family invented and didn't invent. The reason we're here today, <laughs> one is to celebrate you and your fabulous book, which I have to say, it, I meant everything I said. It is so heartfelt. It is so beautifully written. And I don't care if you can't take a compliment. You can just keep quiet while I'm yes, saying it. Yes, right. Nobody <laughs> needs your garbage that you're going to slew back yeah. at me. Just it, take awkward. the compliment. It's so awkward. It, but we're not built well, just to take be quiet because we Run need up. to move some of these books, okay? Can I, can I say, it's hard. <laughs> being, being English and Jewish, you're like filled with a double portion of self-loathing. So when people say that, like the books, I love the I don't, it's like, crushing inside okay well i hated the book so i want everyone to know that piece of shit and what i wouldn't do is spend any time reading it and what i wouldn't do is enjoy it if you do read it for sure no especially if you like pop culture you're gonna hate this book yeah if you like any of these stories this is not the book for you but don't be fooled by what a schmuck our guest is today the book is written the book is written (laughs) by his heart and his soul which are beautiful and maybe that's why he can't take the compliment that must be very vulnerable Rana. yeah yeah. Well, I would think so. Maybe Let's, he'll write us. He'll write us a letter, and we'll answer his question. Like, right. doesn't it feel weird, Roger, that I know more about you than you? It probably doesn't feel weird. Well, You're probably I, <laughs> the you, uh, the you, your family invented the Michelotta. I know a lot yeah. about Thank you. you. That is ultimately what I would like to be known for. <laughs> That's the takeaway. <laughs> and by the and, way, allegedly. 
And the book, by the way, I have to say, is dedicated to one of my all-time favorite people on the planet, Mr. Jamie Glassman, who is your dear, dear friend. One of the was he at the Beastie Boys concert? I wasn't sure. Jamie Glassman was not at the Beastie Boys concert. That's why he lived. That's why he lives and breathes to this day. That's why he's still part of your group. Yeah, I did wonder about that. I thought, oh, was he just cowering in a corner? <laughs> the, he is the absolute loveliest person, and no one has ever. I mean, that's a love story between the friendship between the two of you is a love story. So I that mean, is, I I loved seeing that. But why we're here today yeah. is because desperate people have written to us with desperate questions that need answering. And despite and they need it Rogers, from someone wearing a stained Waffle House sweatshirts. They, well, you know what? They need to hear what to do. <laughs> they could use a little bit of that energy because I agree. That's who they are. They're the Waffle House. These questions. I am too. I'm the Waffle, the Waffle House, House. To be honest with you, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And so, if there's nothing, if nothing else, Roger's very relatable in his stained Waffle House. No sweatshirt. kidding. Yeah. It brings we're, him we're, down a peg. We all have flaws, listeners. As you send in these questions, like our flaws, and none of us are perfect. I mean, run up. Obviously, yes. I don't know if you if you support this theory. None of us are perfect, right? Or do you feel differently about yourself? I think yourself? she probably feels differently, <laughs> would be my hunch. Rana? I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty happy with the product. Let's put See, it that way. There it is. Yeah. There it is. I mean, am I for everyone? Absolutely not. Does it matter? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. We can't See, be worrying about those people. That's right. Who I'm for? Boy, Take am I that for them. on your on whenever you do your press tour. Say, is this book for everyone? Absolutely not. Do I care? Absolutely not. It'll sell. Them, <laughs> it'll sell them all. All right, I'm going to start reading this question. Go for it, Rana. Dear Rana and Brian with a capital Y and Thank guest, you. you two have been such a light through this crazy time. I can't express my gratitude enough. <laughs> I'm hoping. What it's so funny. I was gonna say, Roger. Roger. Yeah. If this letter were to Roger and it was addressed that way, he would have already like shut down his computer, taken off his headphones, and walked out of the building. I don't know how Roger ever got an A in anything. Got it even got accepted to university. He's the most poorly behaved student I've had in my class. Go on, carry on. I didn't mean to. I just said if you if you, they are hanging off Runner's advice, it's like such a thin. Such a thin strand to be holding on to in life. <laughs> How dare you? We oh not, my God, Not everyone Roger. can have this set designer from Watch What Happens Live come do their office That is the true. Roger. That is true. Excuse me. Do you see <laughs> that? He has the boys Watch What Happens Live. He's got the him. whole thing. Yeah. yeah. God, come on. This is amazing slapdance. Can we get, there's someone in need. Someone is yearning for your insight. You're, you're telling me with slapdance. Come on, get there. Input on a sticky situation. I went out of town with my boyfriend last week, and when I came home, nothing in my room was out of place. My bed was still made just as I had left it, or so I thought. I took a shower, unpacked, and climbed into bed ready to crash from traveling. And my foot touched something wet and sticky. Yep. I pulled out a used condom from the foot of my bed. Gross. My, oh God, I don't know if I'm going to survive the rest of this question. My boyfriend and I don't use condoms because I'm on the pill, but I know my roommate and her boyfriend do. So the only explanation is she and her boyfriend had sex in my bed. Why would they do that? WTF? This felt like such a violation. So I knocked on her door, and in short, she said, WTF? 
And she, I love this. Who's who is this written by yes, and for? Paris Hilton. And she played dumb. She tried to act all panicky and convinced me that someone must have broken in, had yes. sex in my bed. Brian, I'm this, on her side. I'm she's a listener. <laughs> yeah, she's a listener. She got this from you. And then very carefully remade it. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, she's obviously gaslighting me. And her boyfriend played along with it? Her explanation is ludicrous, obviously. But where do I go from here? After burning my bed, that is. <laughs> it's not the other people smashing in my bed that's the most upsetting, though that's not not upsetting. But the used condom is next level. And like then change the lying. Or anything. Ugh. We're 28 years old. This is absurd. Is there an alternative other than buying a lock for my door when I go out of town? She won't like this as she likes to borrow my clothes, but I guess I could I guess I could just say I'm scared because of the alleged break-in. What? Scared to let her borrow your clothes. Scared to she could say she needs to lock a door because she's scared now. Oh. Which is crazy. She needs to lock a door because people are having sex in a bed, but in any event. We were friends for a couple of years before moving in together a year and a half ago, but she's <laughs> definitely gotten weirder slash shadier since meeting her boyfriend. Could he have convinced her to use my bed? I can't move out till our lease is up in January, and even then it would be a huge financial burden. So what do I do? Thanks for your time, Jay. Please don't use my name. The initial J. <laughs> the initial J. The initial J. <laughs> Roger, what I didn't would you reveal do? Them right after. What oh. would you do in this situation? What would what, you do? What should we really do? do. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly traumatized, aren't you? I mean, this is like this is like a low rent uh, screenplay for Basic Instinct. I, I, uh, I, two words. I think plastic sheets, plastic bedding is probably a solution to all problems going forward. I, re I believe in them. I swear by them. Sure. Just like plastic. Sheets, they help with everything, like incontinence, bedwetting. Right. Also, I'm just saying, also, like if, if you have the the used condom problem, it's just not the same level of problem if your sheeting is all made of plastic. Roger, her roommate is having sex in her bed. What would you honestly do if this happened to you? I'm just trying to come up with practical solutions to the problem. And it's You're right. that, that, that you asked well, me what I would do. No, I would she just has said like, she'll padlock a door. She has said yeah. she'll do that. That's no way to live. That's living like an animal. I agree. You're caging yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't cage yourself. That sounds like a an incredible line to a, a mixtape that I'm about to drop. But I would. Plastic sheeting is really solves so many bloody so she problems. She just needs to accept So many of life's this. problems. It's not, not a real answer. She should just accept this. She should accept answer. it and see what she could do better. And to make it easier for them. <laughs> this is and an outrageous. <laughs> Brian, give me a real provide, answer. Provide condoms by the bed and a little trash can for her so that she can be done with it when she's done. And, you know, leave a little slip a little note under the door saying, We're done using your bed. You know? Well, I don't know I, what I would do. I, I think. I, I, and on the door, welcome. And welcome. Welcome, friend. <laughs> and, and welcome. And then a sign on the bread, bed saying, Spread them. <laughs> I, um i don't know first of all i would make sure this doesn't turn you on but if you for sure know it doesn't you're living with what? a liar <laughs> well it could be a part of her that's like it's kind of sexy uh, okay 
I'm saying if that's true, then just accept that you like that kink. If it's not true. Were you getting a vibe from this letter that that could be Not at all, Rana. But sometimes I sort of feel like, hey, if you're so mad you wrote a letter, you probably voted for the guy. It doesn't make any sense what I'm saying. But the point is this. (laughs) The point is this. I, you are living with a liar. She sucks. She's terrible. And you just, I don't know what to say. You have to move out. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think you have to move out. I don't, that she's not gonna, she clearly has absolutely no respect for you or your things. Um, or, you know, his fluids in your things doesn't really matter to her. I think, I think you are onto something about the turning people on thing because now I don't think it's the letter writer, but I no, do. No, I think, think it's them probably. I do think the boyfriend or maybe the girlfriend, I don't know. I do think they said, let's have sex in her bed. It'd be hot to have sex in your Yeah. Yeah. And she'll never know. I mean, either the either the turn on is we left everything perfect. She'll never know, but we know. Or, but I find it hard to believe that someone doesn't know what happened to a condom. That maybe it wasn't the, left maybe, there on purpose. Maybe the fetish is doing it, leaving it, but the real fetish is knowing that later your exploits will be read out by Rodda on her podcast, and that is the real. That's, that's the gratification. Real, yep. That's the real. So that's we're the just real part of that, the machine here. I'll tell you how the condom them. was left there, Rana. Uh, yeah. A, the, the, I'll tell you one thing. Oh, a guy the guy hates said the most, he threw it out and he didn't. One thing a guy hates the most in the world is a condom. Yeah. And so when that condom can come off and he's done, he doesn't think about it ever again. He and left the condom. Worse than anti-Semitism. Why? What I said? <laughs> you said the worst thing. I think a guy hates the most in the world is a condom. You know what? I stand corrected. You're right. No one appreciates that. Not You're all right. men hate anti-Semitism, Ronja. Right. Some men love it. Right. Yeah. Some men think it should deserves a comeback, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without I, anti-Semitism, there'd be no Cossack killer. So I'm all like, go on, finish, Rana. Finish These this one. These people are dirty dogs and they're jerks. Yeah. And your friend may have been your friend and she might have been all right when you first moved in, but you said yourself she's become shadier or whatever it is. And this is the descent into that. Yeah. Don't This is a deeply disrespectful and it's, she's violated your personal space and she thinks it's funny and it's not funny. I mean, it's a funny story to tell. I had this roommate who blah, 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 but it doesn't feel funny when it happens to you. No. And I think I don't really want to hear about <laughs> financially it would be a real burden. If you well, stay, she could live with another roommate. Yeah. I mean, she, you yeah. can go live in another roommate situation or you can figure it. I'm not saying I don't want to hear that you, that it would, that it would actually be financially a burden. What I'm saying is this is untenable. Yeah. So if you stay this in it longer, no you can expect more bad behavior. And the other thing you need to address is what do you care why do you have to explain to her why there's a lock on your door? It's your door. Mm. Oh, then she won't be able to borrow my clothes. Why should she be able to borrow your clothes? Right. This is a person that's no respect for you. None. You want to keep doing favors for her? You're I'm literally starting to think you're a doormat. You're literally a wardrobe <laughs> for her to try on and a bed to have sex in. Yeah. Like that's what she's doing here. Yeah. That's what she thinks of you, my dear. Not, oh, your clothes are so cute. I admire you. Da, 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 da. Roger, Put a lock do you, on the door and don't answer the question. Do you and your roommate have a problem like this? I'm just I think when you say that, that's all she is to you. Clothes to try on a wardrobe to and a bed to, that's an incredible amount of meaning in one's li- in one life. 
to be both of these things. <laughs> I'd bite your it's arm a place off. place to sleep I, I, and I would, clothes I would, to wear. You're right. I would, I would bite your arm off to be able to give so much to another human being. That like, is, that's the, honestly, beautiful. that's all anyone needs, sort of. Yeah. Uh, just stop your moaning. You've got purpose. You've got meaning. You know. <laughs> you, you, you know. You, you know. The man's search for meaning. The great philo- the, the great philosophical tract. Ronnie, you've yeah. read that many times. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's meaning there. There's purpose. Just get on with it. Stop your moaning. Yeah. She has told you who you are to her. If you want to prolong this and decide (laughs) that this relationship is something else, then you're going to suffer. That would be my ultimate on this. Yeah. That is so, you know what? Take a shit in her bed. (laughs) That's the other option. (laughs) Uh, All right, Brian, dear, why don't you read the next one? Roger, this is very serious and it involves older people. So I'm just, I I, I am just like genuinely touched by how worked up you can get for yourself in this, in, in response to this. It's humanly beautiful. You have, you have, I mean, this reservoirs of empathy. You have like an Atlantic Ocean full of empathy, and it's really. We don't admirable. know if you're being genuine or if there's something in your polar cells. That's again. the beauty of Roger. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know. Well, right, Roger. Me, you're going to get used to taking compliments, Sean. Oh, okay. All right. Says the <laughs> says the dog to the to the uh, pig or whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's one of Aesop's fables. Uh, Aesop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You, it looks like your Waffle House stain is cleared up. It did evaporate. Um, go on. <laughs> All right. Oh, Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Roger, buckle up for this one because it's about two and a half pages, just so you know. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I wish I were. I really it's, wish it involves I were. older people, Roger. So be respectful. I know you That's love right. the elderly. Let's yeah. do it. Dear Rana, Brian, and esteemed guest, Roger Bennett. That's pushing it. My daughter introduced me to your podcast, and I've been a fan ever since. I never thought I'd be the one writing in who needs advice, but here we are. I met my friend Lorraine at a party where we chatted, and our husbands got along as well. We realized we both had children in the same nursery school, and the next day she called me and said she wanted to be friends. I was impressed by her moxie and being able to request meeting up right away. Uh, Come over for coffee now, she said. That was that. Sorry, this is that was 44 years ago, and we have been besties ever since. Okay. Despite coming from different backgrounds and religions, she's a Jewish, a, she's Jewish atheist. I'm Italian Catholic, and having very different political rev- views, she's a Republican. I'm a Democrat. Wow. We still became fast friends and had some wonderful times over the years. Our children grew up together and became friends as well. She's been a loyal friend to me over the years, as I have to her, despite some of our disagreements. I should note, our friendship has become increasingly challenging over the past four years as she's gone from being conservative to being fully radicalized by Fox News and a vocal Trump supporter. I told her for the sake of our friendship, we could not talk politics when we got together, and for the most part, she stuck to that. We gossip, we talk about our love of books, movies, children, and the delight of now being grandparents. She got sick in the middle of quarantine. She's better now, but I would drop meals off at her door and check in on her more than usual. One night she called me, and during our usual catch-up session, she mentioned she tried my landline first and left a message. Later that evening, as I was turning out the lights, I saw the message machine blinking, and I thought, oh, that's Lorraine. I'll just listen and erase it since we had already spoken. The message was simply, hi, it's me, give me a call. But evidently, she didn't hang up the phone and started Uh. talking to her husband. 
I heard her telling her husband about my grandkids. And she said, the oldest wasn't that pretty when she was younger, but has gotten quite beautiful now. And that the middle one has a weight problem and is very big. Then she said the youngest, seven, was not cute at all, even though Lynn, person writing, thinks she is. And she has a mouth on her. My heart sank. Did I really just hear that? My shot quickly turned to rage and I was seeing red. Needless to say, I did not sleep at all that night. I woke up just as angry. I don't know what to do. Should I call her and confront her right away? Should I write her a letter? My daughter, note these are my son's children, not my daughter's, advised me not to do anything for a little while and let the dust settle and deal with it when I was less angry. So that's what I did. As some time passed, I calmed down a bit and decided I would just wait for her to call me. Sure enough, a few weeks later, she called me and asked where had I been and why hadn't I called her? So I told her. I told her what I heard and that although I know it was not meant for me to hear, it was extremely hurtful. She said nothing. She was silent and then said, I don't know what to say. And then said, I'm entitled to my own opinions. And then said, and I said, you are, and I'm entitled to be hurt by those opinions. She did not apologize. I said, imagine how you would feel if you heard me saying those things about your granddaughter. I told her I wasn't interested in throwing away a 44-year friendship, but I needed some time to get over this. And the ball was now in her court and that she should think about how we can move forward from this. Weeks later, she called and left a message. I don't know if you're not home or just ignoring my call. And in parentheses, the writer says, I was ignoring it. Mm. But I wanted to see where you were with all this and if you've made any decisions about our friendship. Essentially, she was putting it back on me. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure if I'm more hurt by the things she said or the fact that she hasn't apologized. If I'm honest, I don't entirely miss her. But do I throw away a 44-year-old friendship over this? She's never had filter, and I've heard her be critical of her own granddaughter's looks. So there shouldn't be a total surprise to me that something like this happened. Our kids are friends and see each other when her son comes home to visit with his family from the West Coast. They usually ask if their parents can join us if we make cookout plans. How would I explain I don't want to socialize with them? I don't dare tell my son, the father of the children she spoke about, the real reason why I don't want to see her. I could say we had a falling out of her politics, and that would be believable to all, since her own children can barely tolerate her views. But what if she tells her son the truth, and then he tells my son, and so on? Perhaps I just suck it up and move past this, but I know going forward, whenever we meet for coffee, I will be self-conscious about talking about my grandchildren and showing her pictures. 80% of our conversations revolve around our children and grandchildren. If I do decide to write her off, I know it would bother me that our friendship ended this way and the thought of having to explain to mutual friends who will ask why we aren't speaking feels exhausting to me. Yeah, I know the feeling. Maybe there is an in-between solution where I make peace with it but pull back on how much we interact. I'm 83, and I honestly feel too old to be dealing with this kind of BS at this point in my life. I just want a little peace. Many thanks in advance. I look forward to your thoughts. Sincerely, Weary in Western Mass. P.S. I was very tempted tempted to attach a picture of my granddaughter to prove she is dejectively cute. But I'll show some restraint. I'm glad they didn't because I might have had something to say. Rana's got no filter, so yeah. Well, if you ask Uh, me for an opinion, I'm going to give it. I also want to say 83 and listening to podcasts. I'm very impressed. Me too. She was uh, was 70 years of age when she started writing that letter. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) (laughs) she was. And I was was a good 13. Yeah. And and now I'm 70. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You look look good though, Robert. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Uh, What do you think, Roger? I think there's really only one thing, and I think we're all thinking the same thing, right? It's only one sure. course of action here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. She's got to get. 
she's got to go and she's got to go and have sex in her bed and leave a condom <laughs> under the sheets. The ultimate I mean, payback. <laughs> genuinely, I think probably the only rational way to deal with this, like a grown adult. Would be throwing a brick through a window, uh, leaving a bag of feces on a doorstep or something like that. Uh, uh, a horse head in a bed. I think just a used condom in the bed. She should go with her 83-year-old body, make sweet, sweet love in her best friend's bed, and then leave the goods behind. Go and what? do it. You'll feel a lot better. What if this happened to Grandpa Sam's wife? What was her name? Rita? What was her name? Rita. Rita yeah. would not have watched Fox television, <laughs> to be candid. No, what if Rita's friend did this to her? What if Rita was the Labour Party supporter who yeah. this happened to? She would, um, I'm not saying I've got evidence of this or proof one way or the other, but she probably would have taken a homemade shiv and just done it. Prison sure. rules. Liverpool Jewish community runs by prison rules, and that would sure. have... That would yeah. have that would have needed a that would have needed sorting in the old way. It should have, have been disappeared. You... Western mass rules, I don't fully understand, but the reality is, don't don't be you know the the, the Jewish Jewish people are very difficult to be friends with. Is really the only conclusion you can take from that. <laughs> what shocked me, I've never heard of an atheist who is extremely conservative. That's that's a rare breed, probably. Oh, that's interesting. A, a conservative Jewish atheist. Yeah. Well, that just means she loves Israel and she doesn't like uh, immigrants. <clears throat> but doesn't like, right. Okay, yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> I see. I suppose. I mean, I don't really know, but all these people are getting older and they're getting wackier. They are They all wackier. think their real estate and their air is being eaten up by the people coming after them. And they're, the ends, they're not, gonna they're be not, dead in ten not, years. Why are you driving not, everybody crazy? They're, they're not all that irrational. That's not fair. Some of them just watch Judge Janine and think, wow, that is a real that's a real straight talking, yep. deep, deep thinking, just genuinely that's exactly rational. What they say. Genuinely rational, remarkable human being. And now <laughs> like people who in their words speak the truth. Yeah, my, and I, and, I, and when you I, I don't know if you brought on my pillow. But if you haven't, you do not know how good they are until you... I tried to set up Rana with a date on my pillow, with my pillow, but she didn't return his calls. But I met him at a function. I was so impressed, and I thought he was so sexy. Sexy, sexy. Beautiful. He is a beautiful man. I will I say mean, that. when I tell you that if I I like a- anyone that looks like they worked at a blockbuster video for the last 20 years. That's, the, that's my style. The yeah. only time I've ever had an instant orgasm was talking to that man, and it was instantaneous. And so I told Ron, I said, this is the guy for you but she wasn't interested straight as an arrow unfortunately too bad even though even though he looks like one of the village people sure 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 sure. (laughs) i think first of all i want to say i'm very sorry your feelings were hurt i think that stinks and it is interesting that at any age friendships it's funny they change and they don't change people can right but lifelong friend doesn't mean much i guess (laughs) that this well she sort of is who she is, is the truth. My guess would be she said a few of these things to you about other people's grandchildren or about other people's this or that, or that she's sort of a brusque, tough-talking, uh, she really does not care about other people's opinions. You have these Venns in your diagram together, the two of you. <laughs> your books, your this, your that, and... My guess is you're a little bit sweeter than she is, and she's happy with that. And you pushing back on her, saying, you know, I think you could have apologized. She 
sees that as a threat to the alpha beta dynamic that you two have had going on for 44 years. This is the woman that said, come on over for a cup of coffee. And you came and nothing wrong with that. I think it's lovely and fun. And it's always fun to have a charismatic, strong friend, but they don't love it. Usually when you threaten their reign, shall we say. And this woman is also 83 and is beyond caring about what other people think about her behavior. And the truth is, look, I'm sorry she hurt your feelings that your granddaughter's cute. She's not cute. It doesn't really matter what she thinks about your granddaughter. I understand that it's hurtful, but it would have been nice if she had apologized for hurting your feelings. That is really at the heart of the thing, is that she won't apologize for hurting your feelings. Yes, she should have done that. And you have to decide... I think it's perfectly fine to say. I mean, what is this friendship still serving you? I know it's funny to ask an 83-year-old that. Is this friendship still serving you? Or is it just that you're in a pattern with each other and, you, you know, you're used to getting certain things, but you don't really want it anymore? And if it's not, then you can just say to her next time she calls you, to be honest, uh, I don't really have time to talk, you know? I think you should have apologized to me for what happened. I don't care whether you think my daughter is going to be Miss America or, you know, or my granddaughter or not. It really doesn't. You have to get over that little injury, unfortunately. But right. I think it was like the way you handled it. On a technicality, this woman didn't do anything wrong. She didn't know that this other, that her friend was overhearing this stuff. Anyone can say whatever they want late at night with their spouse talking shit about people. That's actually fun. It actually can be good for a relationship yeah. even. But uh, she should have apologized. Even though she didn't say it to this woman, she should have apologized for saying it. Uh, I think if this woman just isn't really serving you as a friend and if you don't miss her, then yeah, why be around her? And as far as worried about what you tell people, just say we grew apart. Or she said some unkind things and I didn't appreciate it. I mean, that's all you, it is. Also, you kind of have told people because this is a highly listened to podcast by writing this true. letter, you have essentially used Ronna's mouth as, 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 as the town, Ronna, the town crier, breaking the news in the marketplace. Everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows. Everybody's weighing in with opinions, good, bad, awful, on your poor... It's the granddaughter, I feel, for in all of this. We're well, actually... We, we don't know which way that's going to break. She's only seven. <laughs> we're at, we're <laughs> amplifying God. an awfulness. <laughs> that could go either way. She's sure, seven. She might sure. be very cute at seven. She yeah. might be a knockout at 23. Yeah, you or she, or she might be a real reader. We don't uh, know yet. I'm sure I, 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 I want list to speak directly to the seven-year-old. You are fantastic and beauty yeah. is on the yes. inside. It's and don't, li- don't listen to Ronna's hateful words no, on that. that I, am, I, I am totally, totally here. That's, the, that's who we should be worrying about, not the 87. Your old friendship, or any listen to some Simon and Garth, uncle. I am a rock, I am an island. I've got my books and my poetry to protect me. That would be my advice. Get rid of if that friend, get rid of all friends, just read a bit more, yeah, read some poetry, read some poetry. So it's interesting you should choose Simon and Garth, uncle, though, because they Simon and Garth, uncle. yeah. They, right. they, they hated they each other. Did, they didn't yeah. make it. Their friendship didn't make it. That was a friendship that <laughs> yeah. certainly didn't last yeah. past so, yeah. a few years. So then yeah. this, what, what was this, what's this woman's name? Just Art. remind me. Yeah, and <laughs> so that's it. The only real issue we're going to debate is whether she's the Simon or whether she's the Garfunkel. You sure. really never want to be the Garfunkel in the split. That's really, 
what we should be debating. Doesn't it's matter. over. Let me break the news. Yeah. The friendship's over. The friendship is over. It's seeping with poison. She it's, hurt you. And it was toxic and she didn't say she was sorry. Yeah, it's an oil slick that cannot what be put back onto if the you really, If you really are wondering, and I think every child should be encouraged to do this. You need to start putting your child into child beauty pageants. She needs to do the circuit. <laughs> she needs to do the circuit. You need to get her, you know, the false teeth and At the wigs. At least teach you to dance. And the full face of makeup. She needs yeah. contouring. I mean, yeah. So I would say that to really test this out, you've got to get her in the child beauty pageant circuit. Everyone I've ever heard of who went through that has Very grown up happy. to be incredibly yeah. successful and yeah. adjusted. So. Just upwards and onwards. Can you, Ronna, Ronna, can you just say Simon and Garfunkel for me one more time? It's Simon beautiful. and Garfunkel. Garfunkel. So beautiful out of your lips. I yeah. do think... I do think one thing that is both very sweet and quite tragic about this letter is that it doesn't matter how old you are. Your friends can hurt your feelings and they should apologize. And if they don't, the rules should be the same or you should have even less tolerance for the BS. Yeah, she's that's, she's yeah. shitty that she didn't apologize for it. She has served her purpose, I think. And if she doesn't, she may apologize to you after she sees that you're not interested in engaging. Forget about what your kids think. Forget about what everyone else thinks. And if people say what happened, da, 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 you just say, I don't really want to talk about it. But we had a, a conversation. I felt she was insensitive. And I, I just felt that I'd had enough. And it's also, nobody's business, no. really. And also, you just have to decide whether or not you, you want to move on. Because I do think if you if you feel like an apology would would do this right, I think nowhere in your letter did you say you asked for that. To just ask for it if that if you think that would do something. Like I can't move on without an apology. Then she knows, and either she does it or she doesn't. But I think you're probably past this anyway. I wouldn't. It would be difficult for me to get over something like that. All I'm saying is, my grandma Rita would have shivved up. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so that's so Liverpool. there's another the, there's another pathway in this. You can either follow their advice or you could. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there you that's go. True. That's true. Yeah. Hit her with a bag or of bricks. Commit a murder. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. Two pathways. Uh, all right, true. Brian. Do you why don't you read this last question? Oh, did you? But read I just this read one? that one. Oh, I read right, two dear. pages wrong. Oh, I'm not. God, I'm so what sorry. <laughs> you must be exhausted from. I mean, <sighs> it's true. We do run. We run a real. Uh, Sweat shop over here. So. But you can I can I say again? You two really give of yourselves. I know. Sometimes you do. You ever find you give and give and you can give no more? Yeah. Or is that when it, or is that when it gets break. truly? We're taking sense? a break in August. We give and we give and I would also say that we're two of the bravest people out there. Two of the bravest people you know, I'd agree. Well, yeah. You can both joke all you want, but I think we really do. We listen to the letters that people send in. We yes, genuinely we care about their pain and their perspective. And we also like to tell them when they're, you know, being babies about something. Yeah. <laughs> Hello to my two favorite people. Ian Roger, I'm going to add here. Right, sure. Three favorite. During the pandemic, I started talking to a guy on a dating app. And once we were both vaccinated, we started going on dates. He's kind, funny, handsome, and we're having a really wonderful time. We're both 32. I'm a woman. <laughs> So, why is Roger already laughing? That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> Roger's a bad student. He's hilarious. I, I, I just feel like this. This letter is about to take a doctor. I think you're right. From, I do from think you're right. I'm just, I'm just need to oh, plummet to the doctor. They never stay there. Otherwise, yeah. why would they be writing to us? I think you're right, Roger. This is the Something's last stop on the crazy. train. Yeah, this is this is the taking of Pelham one two three. <laughs> this is, these people have nowhere to go. This is where they come. Yeah. Everybody off. 
Let's still fuck the you, 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 I don't know where you're going to go, but you can't stay you can't here. Can't stay here. Yeah. This train is shutting down. So we've recently started having adult sleepovers. I really don't give for that. You expression. know, I have to be honest with you. I don't either. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person who would use it, but I don't like it. But I like if they both use it, then I feel that they're for each other. But I don't like them as a couple. I know what you mean. These are like people that cause something delicious that it doesn't have to do with food. I hate that. Oh. Oh, she was wearing the yummiest sweater. Yeah. That sort of thing. Disgusting. Yes. Yeah. It feels so kind we, of delicious if you're able to uh, do the down dog. Yeah, no. Uh, so we've recently started having adult sleepovers, and I've encountered my first hurdle. He has the sweetest dog. She's a golden lab and a very good girl. Because of her, our sleepovers have always been at his place, and she sleeps in the bed. Yeah. She's uh, a great dog, but I've never had a dog before and was very put off by this. Mm-hmm. It makes the bed hot. Yeah. And also, isn't it kind of dirty? I asked some friends with dogs and the response was mixed. So I thought I'd turn to the two people I trust more than anyone. Oh boy. This is the whole thing. The whole enterprise is doomed. Brian, does Sherman yeah. sleep with you? Do you wipe his paws first or anything? I do. Rana, have you ever experienced this? She does have a bed on the floor, and that's where she goes when we have sex. But then once we're done, he pets the foot of the bed, and she hops right up. She usually sleeps by our feet. But some mornings, I have to tell you, I think it is undignified to this let a do- keep a dog in the room when you're having sexual I relations. I agree with you. I think it traumatizes the dog. I couldn't agree more. I think the dog has seen things they have no one they can talk to about it. And I think it's awful. And I the do. dogs know what's going on in there. Like, like they, they do know what's happening when you put them outside. Unless the dog is like purely a hunting dog and you live in some kind of a mud One hut room. with 14 sure. other people, this is not acceptable way to treat a dog. No, by the way, it's why dogs have uh, human legs. It is true. They've learned well, it from us, from being forced to watch us in these conditions. That's where they learn it. They think they're being very erudite and human. They think they're evolving. Absolutely. I'm going to go and hum that human's leg. That's where they learn it, Ron. That's what it leads to. It leads Roger, to that's, the... That's misinformation. That's true. Fox true. News that you're it's giving true. right there. No, okay. Janine, Janine, Judge Janine, Janine says Janine that's where... <laughs> she said she called it a perversion of, 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 uh, of science. And so I believe her. But go on. Well, as, you know what? She is one of my favorite scientists. So I do trust her. She does. Ryan is a Judge Judy, not a Judge Janine. In what world would I be a Judge Janine? Well, they're both fascists. She is Let's actually. They're both yeah. fascists, and she yeah. she is entertaining. Just the yeah. content's very different. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, Judge Janine is out for Judge Janine. She's Judge a Judy human thinks being. she's changing the world. Correct. Judge You're Janine right. is why yeah. my family needed a Cossack killer back in the day. It That's was exactly Judge Janine's right. people sure. who were probably coming first. But I want now. I'm intrigued. There's a little bed on the floor, and then they're both smoking their after sex cigarettes. And, the, and then and he then says the to the dog, then, "Hop right up." Well, he's smoking. No, he probably doesn't even say. He just slaps the bed. And I gotta tell you. That nothing would turn me off more. And I'm well, like, I think we know who's the first. Lover. I think we know who's the first lady in this relationship, by the way. Yeah. 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 She usually sleeps by our feet, but some mornings I wake up to her having wiggled under the covers and lying next to him or me. I haven't said anything yet because their bond is so strong and really very endearing. And I'm unsure as to what's reasonable slash unreasonable. Again, never having had a dog. Any guidance would it be appreciated? XXK. I got to just hop in here. Please. 
because first of all, as a dog, Kay, her name's Kay. Yeah. yeah. Kay, Kay, you should. No, Kay, let it Kay. Kay, yeah. you should be the one sleeping at the foot of the bed. You should be the one who he pats the bed <laughs> and you jump onto it. That's what should be happening. That dog is getting all the benefits of this relationship. She kind of you is in the way. One. She kind of is in the way. She's in the she way. She kind of is. The dog, by the way, the next week, the dog may write you a letter saying, <laughs> I've got a, I'm in a very happy relationship with this man. He keeps That's bringing right. a human back here. It's the true. human sleeps in my bed. She's disgusting. I, I yeah. have to leave the bed while they do like strange like, dances. Well, she goes to the bathroom inside. Yeah. 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 And only then to calm him down does he bring me back. What should I do with this human? So I think I, there's yeah. two different perspectives and I really urge you to look at it from both I sides. I got to tell you, there is something. I'm a dog <laughs> co-owner. I ish really i'm a part-time dog during a timeshare in the dog practically yes it was my ex it's a custody arrangement yes it's a custody arrangement so i see the dog i want to go there just send us a letter and why not that's really homophobic actually (laughs) um what he said he didn't want to go there and i said that was really homophobic he doesn't want to talk about my divorce Yes, it was an an issue of gay marriage. You know what? We're the same as everyone else, Roger. I only do problems by letters. I only do problems by letters. Unless it's with with a quill and parchment, I don't want to know. But we've all got problems. We'll all talk about them in turn. But we're trying to deal with this dog's problem at the moment. Uh, Boy, I have to tell you, I think (laughs) uh, the dog sleeps in the – Sherman does sleep in the bed with me. I do wipe off his paws, actually. uh, But I do that right when he comes inside the house anyway. Like I don't – you know, yeah, I just clean everything up, but he wouldn't. I don't. He he wouldn't sleep in the bed with me if someone else was sleeping in the bed with me. It wouldn't happen. That, I, those are the rules. Those are the rules, and I have to tell only because I have been the person who went over to someone's house to sleep over, and they have a dog, and I actually, and I'm a, again huge dog lover. I think it's a huge turnoff. I agree. I do. I think it's a turnoff. And uh, I think it's, I have been on so many dates, well, a few dates where someone has brought their dog and then like kissed them on the mouth in front of me. Yeah. And it is, it just sinks everything. And I got to say, like, there is just something about this. The person that you have invited to share your bed with does not love the dog like you love the dog. Yeah. And you're not going to get closer to that person by keeping well, a dog in Well, this bed. is another, I mean, would you, would, we're half kidding about seeing it from the dog's perspective. But the truth, would, I mean, we're sort of not kidding at all. I mean, the truth is, this is your place in the house. Everything is at his house. Everything is set up, is rigged for him at the moment. You are fitting into his life. No matter how well you think this is going, you're coming over to his life and you're. he's saying, you can stay here. But the dog is the queen of this castle, by the way. And why it's okay for the dog to be in the room? How many other people has the dog watched him have sex that with? That is like the most outrageous part. The dog knows everyone he's had sex with. By the way, so you're gonna, you should, you're gonna want to murder the dog in about a month when you start thinking. Tell me who the last person he had in here was. So tell me what the you know. And by the way, I think that speaks to this guy you're dating that he doesn't remove the dog from the room because that that is disgusting. You need to say to him, "I love Sherry." whatever the dog's name is. Sherry. <laughs> I like that for a dog. I like Sherry for a, for a, for a yellow lab. I don't know lab. why. Yeah. yeah. I do too. I love Sherry. She's wonderful. I really don't feel like having sex with her in the room. And I definitely don't want her sleeping in the bed. Yeah. Oh, the, the, but she's the, used to it. And she loves it. And whatever. It'll give her anxiety. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. 
Well, this guy, um, this guy sounds yeah. like the kind of guy that would call his dog Martin Scorsese. Marty, for sure. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the reality. But there's definitely, like Lady Diana said, there's three of us in this relationship. <laughs> And you know, squidgy. So it was a bit yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> squidgy, squidgy is definitely. That's the, funny. The, the dog's dog, name the is dog, Camilla. The this dog's is Camilla. Name is Camilla. The, the, the dog is the Camilla in this situation. And he chooses Camilla. In the uh, end, they always choose Camilla. If they you ever catch him Camilla. saying, if you ever catch him saying, "I wish to the dog, I wish I could be your tampon," you're in real trouble. It's true. And by the way, I just said there's different things you can do. There's different. I'm trying to run through in my head different solutions, and one of them is just. Rat poison. Sure. Oh my. Kill. The two you know what? Of you. We're going to get well, so much hate mail. The two. Don't <laughs> let me in with that answer, <laughs> No, I'm not saying you should do it, but if you really like this man, no. sticky poison hand, poison what the man. called in nine to five? Uh, yes. No. The dog is a lovely dog. You just have to say, and look, I understand the problem. The problem is that it's delicate. It's early in the relationship. So you need to either need to, he has to either start coming over to your place, which is also a problem because the dog again is this obstacle of everything is geared for his life to be his way. So you have to come to his house. He has to walk the dog. These are the ways that people control other people's existences. Instead of saying, oh, I'll leave the dog with the dog walker for the night or the dog can come to your house, but I'm going to bring a crate or whatever, you know, there's no, we're not seeing a lot of compromise here. We're seeing a lot of you doing his life. And I think it's wonderful that he, I love a dog. I think it's wonderful that he has a wonderful relationship with his dog. I don't think you should have to have sex in a room with someone else's dog. <laughs> nope. And then I nope. don't think the dog should be having a post, post-coital nap with the nope. two of you. I don't either. This is a menage a trois that you're involved in. And he's the one inviting the dog, the dog back into bed, by the way. The dog is probably actually quite proficient in many styles of lovemaking at this point in its life. It's yeah. really, it's seen him many come, it's seen many go. Here, also, I believe a lot of the solutions to your problems can be solved by just sending different letters that you receive to different people who mail them in. And I hope that this woman knows from this very show that there's worse things you can find in your bed than a dog post coital. That's a very good point. Yeah. So, yeah. so you just got to, I'm just trying to, I'm not saying everybody's too, my mother always says you, you too, your own toothache hurts the most, but I just say, I hope you take from this that, you know, a dog in the bed, it could be worse. It could always be worse. Better than a condom in the foot. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that, that old, that old medieval saying, yeah. that, that old Yiddish saying. Yeah. <laughs> a dog in the but, bed but, is better than a condom in the foot. Yeah. yeah. Wise words. But. You, I think you could say to him. How about say to him, don't pat the bed for the dog to come up after we have sex. You're the one inviting her back up. Yeah, but That's they so can't gross. have a fight over this. So, because they've only well, just no, started dating. That. So he, she has so you to say, say to him. You say, yeah. you, want, you want to get between me and my Calvins again? Is that yeah. what you want? <laughs> you want to get on this riverboat ride, baby? Yeah. The dog's. You I'll be honest, go. the dog's giving me performance anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I don't how about just yeah, I don't um I'm I'm sort of uncomfortable having sex with your dog in the room. Who yeah. can argue with that? Yeah. So he'll and he'll say he'll he'll say, Where would you like to have sex with my dog then? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the so the bedroom's room. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does the dog take a shower with you? I mean, I don't just I don't know. 
You're not a dog person like that. And I'm sorry if you, I know this maybe sounds crazy to you. I know you're a dog person. I didn't grow up with dogs. I don't want to sleep in a bed with a dog. I think it's filthy. I think this relationship, what's more doomed? I this am relationship, a dog person and I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. What's more doomed, this relationship or 83-year-old, 44 Jewish-Italian relationship? Which is more dead when they didn't even know it until they heard you talking about it? Well, I got to tell you, this sort of leads into our ending. Yeah. I like. Okay. You like that it's ending? <laughs> Roger. So Don't at the, we all? At the end of every show. <laughs> but, but listen, listeners, I just want you to know, if you only take one thing from this, we're all going to die. Yeah. Carry on. I Carry on, Brent. I love that. Um, it just depends on how you want to <laughs> die, with a condom or a dog. It just, you know. And, and by the way, I would say condom. Yeah. No, I would say dog. I'd rather have a dog holding my hand on the way out. Me too. To <laughs> I yeah. would too. Then have to deal with the paramedics clearing up whatever I was involved in. You're right. A, a, dog, a, a dog holding your hand after some particularly bad sex or mediocre sex. It's an amazing feeling. Nothing feels better. No one understands one night stands like a dog. Uh, okay, Roger, this is the end of the show, which means we are going to decide who of the people who wrote in deserves a little gift from the podcast to kind of yeah. brighten their day. Yeah. So is it going to be the person who found the condom in the bed? Is it going to be the 83-year-old who, you know, whose granddaughter may or may not be in pageants soon? Or <laughs> is it going to be... Um, who we just talked about. The, the dog uh, voyeur. The dog, yes, the dog yeah. voyeur. Who do you think deserves something special? And what is the special thing? So I fully understand Great question. this. Rana. Well, so, sometimes we like to see who the winner is before we decide. Yeah, we base it on them. that sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, the middle one's had a nice life. She's not, oh. She's... she's I'm not worried as worried right. about her. I honestly right. think that I, 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 I am the granddaughter in the letter, the seven-year-old. Deserves the gift. No, you My, can't get, this isn't but transferable. But you understand, this, what you have to understand, no. Roger, this gift yeah. is not transferable. Uh, no. I have tried sorry, to do I'm this sorry. before. It doesn't work that I, way. God, sorry, so cocky individuals come on your podcast and try and change the rules. That's yeah. not okay. It's not happening. No. That's not okay. I'm so, Especially when they don't know the rules. Who do you feel oh. for between these three? Well, not the middle one. She lived a nice No, life. she's disgusting. She's fascinating. I feel saddest for the third one. It's just, I do, I do find in general, I just want to tell you one thing about myself. Looking for love in all the wrong places does break my heart. Mm-hmm. You think the, the rela- Oh, you think it's doomed between her yeah, and the dog. I, I, the fact that the, the, I think she knows it's doomed, you know it's doomed. I think Brian knows it's, I think everybody knows it's doomed. And the fact that she is desperately looking for a, a piece of wisdom to unlock something that's unlockable is just breaking my heart. So I do believe she, the special gift, whatever it is, a used condom in her bed, whatever it is that you award this yeah. person, she deserves it most, Ron. Fascinating, Brian. <laughs> I mean, Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. And you think it's I, doomed also. You do. Oh. Yeah, I do. Really? I do. I just have been on dates with people like this and there's no Can, can I ask you a bizarre question? Are these real letters? Oh, of course. Yeah. 
How dare you? We also started the show by telling you they were real letters. I'm in a cold so, sweat now. I'm saying if, if these are real letters, disregard everything I've said. Only listen to Ronna. On the Brian. whole show? Uh, yes, I feel terrible. I've not taken it. This is awful news. I can't believe. Are you I, out of oh your brain? <laughs> I, I can't believe real people write into you for help because that's just that's also breaking my heart. They all deserve what? a special gift. <laughs> the very first thing we told you is that these oh, were real letters. letters are real. Oh, the humanity! Oh, the and humanity! And also now, just playing back that you thought at the beginning of every letter we just compliment ourselves. <laughs> you guys are so great. I love your show, Roger. I'm actually astonished right now. I love it, Roger. And That's by the way, astonished and offended, right? I actually no am impressed. Question. I'm impressed. You were not listening this whole time, first of all. And second of uh, all, the first thing we told you these were real letters. I don't feel I've given them the 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 panic level. Well, we tried to bring, we tried to bring you back to the table on several occasions because your behavior was absolutely out of control. And I'm Pla- just gonna say that right now. Plastic sheeting, shiving her ex friend yeah. and and rat poison. That, these are all terrible. You but I just want to pray be, they don't take your advice. I feel a bit like um, Newsmax after they'd spent all that time just crapping on the uh, Dominion machines. Now my lawyer, <laughs> now my lawyer wants me to say, Roger, in no way supports shipping people or putting rat sure. poison in dogs' vicinity. But he does or, support Newsmax. I, I no. do like plastic. But I do like plastic bed sheeting. All right. So great. listen, let's get real here. You really vote for the third person? Yeah, That's who 100%. you really feel for. Brian? Yeah. I would have voted for the second. Yeah. It's funny. I absolutely would have voted for the she's, second. She's the only one that really got her feelings hurt in all of this. God, to you, me. You, you clearly have never been trampled on by a dog seconds after faking an <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> I, I feel bad that I said her relationship was doomed. I just, I, it's just going to be I'm a tough I'm not sure road. it's doomed, but I would say it needs to be course corrected now. Yeah. And if it's not going to be, then it will be doomed. Yes. yes. Yeah. I think that's right. All right. Well, are we deferring to our guest, Brian, or are we going to the quorum here? All you, Rana. I've got a new idea, by the way. Oh, dear. Okay. We've this got to wrap wo- this up. Uh, this to, woman, to this, this woman could actually develop a relationship with the dog. Leave the husband, the boyfriend behind. We thought it's about the woman and the per, the man. You but- went from saying you were sorry, you gave garbage, silly advice, I'm and totally you wanted, and you issued, now and issued, issued an apology, and now you're back to your mischief making. And you know, people are going to start to wonder how I could even have a friendship with you because everyone knows I hate a mischief maker. He's Can your I friend, stop? Rana. Our Venn, our Venn, what did he call it? The Venn diagram. You yeah, the Venn and our diagram. The Venn yeah. is just canasta, but go on. Well, it's I don't all... play canasta. You don't? No. Dear God. Uh, all right. So. Rana plays bingo with all the other old ladies. She goes down true. to the bingo <laughs> yes. hall every With all week the other and... old ladies. That's what you just said about me. <laughs> old bones. That's what you want to call me? Brian started calling me Rana, old bones glitch. She, Rana's got so many tchotchkes for luck when she yeah. plays bingo. Yeah. It's what she rubs them this way, rubs them that way. I, yes, she I loves have to it. line them all up on the countertop. She loves so many yes, troll dolls. She and then I have it. my um my pen with the with the ink. The dipper, the blotter. ink, yes. The blotter. Yeah, exactly. exactly. She pull it, pull it together, it. She loves it. All right. So listen, we're gonna have to defer to our guest because that's the only polite thing to do. You're right. But I will say I've got to send something to the 83-year-old. She got her feelings hurt. 
And it did break my hat a little bit that at every age a friendship could still, I guess the other way to look at it is shame on you. You've been, you've had how many friendships and met how many jerks in your life. You don't know how to deal with this lady, but in any event, we'll send her the coffee. Okay. Because we just have to send her something. Perfect. We need to send this other woman also a scented candle. We often send a scented candle because if the dog is going to start having sleepovers at her house, she's going to need a scented candle. Yes. If the dog isn't going to be having sleepovers at her house, she's also going to need a scented candle because she's going to need something to clear the environment and let her know that it's time to move on. So we're going to send her a gorgeous Lalabo. What was, what's the fragrance that you've been loving in Lalabo? Not the Palo Santo, but the other it's one. The, it's their newest one, and I can't remember the name. It starts with an E. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get that for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, dear, this guy either needs to make some proverbial space for you or or not is essentially what we're dealing with here. Uh, Roger, dear. Rona. You ready to come back to the table now? Have you had <laughs> you had your time out? You ready to come back to the table? Oh, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to know what was in your Polish Delta can. I'm going to get to the bottom of that. But in any event, please go uh, get his memoir, Reborn in the USA, an Englishman's love letter to his chosen home. Very nice. Truly, 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 I love this book. And I want people to read this book. And whether Roger can take a compliment or not, this book is fabulous. Smart, funny, vulnerable, beautifully written, felt, hysterical. Page Turner. Yes. And and I have to say, at this very moment where this country feels like it's on some strange precipice of imploding, there was something very endearing about seeing an outsider's perspective about what we should see in ourselves, what's worth rescuing in this country. And in a way, it was like being told you were beautiful and you never knew it. That it's just a gorgeous, it really is a love letter to America. And it's a good reminder of what's still great about this country and how other people see us. And I really did love that. Uh, and Men in Blazes, of course, people can follow you on that. What's that? Instagram and Twitter, Men in Blazes? All of the above. It's all and Men in Blazes. Send me all your problems, your relationship problems. I've shown and demonstrated that I am actually got these hidden talents just healing. Yes, healing, you, healing, you're just the hearts. person to come to for advice. <laughs> right. Uh, and you're doing your coverage of the Euros and then of the Olympics, right? Is that on NBC it's, Sports it's, Network? It's, it's all everywhere yeah. in every regard. I just don't know yeah. how you, you two, it's just you carry such a cross, such a burden. You have no idea. I don't know how you no do idea. it. That's why we sell an alcohol and we sell a coffee. I do about 45 minutes of keening after every episode <laughs> just to get it out. All right, dear. Thank you for joining us. Oh, God. Ronna, you, can I say you're a beautiful heart and you're beautiful on the inside out, Brian. It's lovely to be with you. you Courage. Too. Not beautiful. Thank kiss, you. kiss. All right, dear. Shall I read the cliffhanger? I would absolutely love for you to run. I, would just I bet you would. I bet day. you're exhausted. That Rudge is a real maneuvel, as they say in Yiddish. She's full of energy. I mean, a devil. I, I didn't what think a devil. We'd ever have someone who would outdo me like that, Rana. I gotta be in, honest. In the maneuvel department. Well, yeah, because I am you must be exhausted every week you record. Well, I am a little bit tired of running a kindergarten, I will say that. Is he what you call like a whirling dervish? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what that's what a maneuvel is. That's the Yiddish yeah. word for right. a whirling maneuvel. dervish. Okay. Yeah. Maneuvel. Yeah. A devil, a little dust. Little devil. devil. Yeah. 
Dear Mrs. Glickman, meant is a sign of respect, excuse me. Brian with a capital Y, also out of respect, an extraordinary guest. Please don't use my name. The question up top. I'm terrified of being an uncle and trying to be less internally judgmental of my brother and his wife's discipline style so that I can get to a point where I can get excited about their pregnancy. What can I do to let my fears go and embrace the more exciting aspects of being an uncle? Backstory. My eldest brother, 33, and his wife, 32, are expecting twins in early November. I, 27, could not feel more anxious about the entire situation. Okay. I love my brother dearly and have the fortune of having been very close with him growing up. He and I and our brother, 30, have grown so much closer as adults in contrast to the bickering and fighting of our youth. But even that was mild. In the past five or so years, both of my brothers have become some of my closest friends. This has been somewhat surprising for me, especially, as I have never bonded closely with any family members and avoid all contact with cousins, aunts, and uncles outside of required re-funerals and holidays interactions. I believe that I value these sibling relationships so highly in part because I do not have close relationships with any other family members, including my parents. Further, my eldest brother and his wife are avid travelers. They have goals to visit every state in the country. They're in their high 30s now. Have gone hiking across almost as many, almost as many national parks and have visited a dozen or so international locations. Very nice. Sounds like a good life. Mm-hmm. When they take time to go on these excursions, they also leave behind their two golden doodles. Without getting too deep on my opinions of caring for pets, very pet-heavy episode at the moment. Yeah, right. Uh, And let's not ignore the elitism of paying breeders thousands of dollars to have these Instagram-ready breeds. Okay. Judge Judy. This is, yeah, this is getting (laughs) heated. I will say these dogs are poorly behaved. Before leaving on trips, my brother and sister-in-law will coordinate with our parents or hers to watch the dogs. More recently, her parents have declined to dog sit because the pets are such a nuisance. These golden doodles are two and three years old, both fixed, and neither one listens. They bite constantly at people's fingers and toes, rarely come, sit, go anywhere when commanded by name to do so, pee on the carpet regularly, and bark and pounce on guests without discretion. Hmm. Wow. Both dogs have gone through multiple training sessions, including the lesser pet smart kinds, but also more premium sleep away ones. My goodness. But this is really detailed about yeah. there's a lot of rage being directed at Naomi these dogs. Paragon is hitting the roof right oh, now. Oh, there's zero question. Mabel's <laughs> hitting the roof on Mabel's fainting totally. on Mabel a couch right absolutely now. Absolutely had it with us. Yeah. But upon returning from training, my brother and sister in law refused to follow through on disciplining their pets at home. They enjoy the good parts of pet ownership, a.k.a. snuggling with them and taking photos. But when it comes to disciplining against bad behavior, they talk at the dogs. I say talk and not shout because shout feels too extreme for the relatively normal tone they use. I can't get over this letter already. I mean, it's pretty. But no actual action of negative reinforcement occurs. And thus the dogs never know what they shouldn't do. This is a Maggie Smith character, this letter. I also want to remind you the question was, how do I become a good uncle? uncle? I'm nervous about becoming an uncle. And we have not even touched uncle. that. <laughs> I just want to remind you. Looking beyond the, these issues with their pet's behavior, they now are expecting twins in November. 
This pregnancy comes after rounds of IVF and several miscarriages, which have been extremely difficult on my sister-in-law. I'm finding it difficult to relax my anxiety about further complications so I can fully celebrate this pregnancy with them rather than be nervous about a potential heartbreak. Wow. Okay. I'm about to fall off my chair. So if you need to come in here and pick me up, you should. I will, Rana. I will with arms of love. Other aspects that drive my anxiety wild include the fact as far as I've known him, the fact as far as I've known him, my brother has never really expressed a desire to have kids. And now he's processing the surprise of having two at once. Their travel, what's the surprise? They've been doing IVF. Their li- travel <laughs> lifestyle, which I sincerely doubt will be maintainable with two newborns. Are and you what, seriously worried about this? And what cutting back on their favorite hobby will do to their somewhat, sometimes combative relationship. Wow. I'm also nervous about how the dogs <clears throat> will respond to the newborns and how my brother and sister-in-law will keep their eye on two children and two poorly behaved pets. What, what are you burying the lead for? That's the only thing you're concerned about, by the way. And beyond those, I am nervous about my selfish, here we go, about more selfish aspects of it all. I love hanging with my siblings, and we've grown to have regular game nights where we sit around a table drinking, laughing, and playing board and card games for hours. It's sometimes as hard to maintain that fun bonding experience while the two of them are constantly checking in with their dogs to see that they haven't peed on a carpet. But adding two infants onto that likely means the end of having enough time to sit and play hour-long activities, at least for the next several years. We just got to it, Rana. This should have been paragraph one. Yeah. And I am willing to admit- I think it took them a while to find that, but yeah. Okay, well, that's generous of you. Yeah. And I am willing to admit, I generally do not like babies. I know I am a monster, but I'm nervous that even with it being my nieces and nephews, I won't want to be near these kids. That's understandable. I already dread being around my brother's pets, but there's no couth way to say, oh, your children will be there. I think I'll sit this one out. Children you've never met, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. And also it will be different. But anyway, we're not answering it here, but yes, that's exactly right. We're not, but we're still doing it. Okay, well, I've got to, I'll stop doing that. No, no, you don't have to. I was the one who was doing it. In case it's asked, I don't like babies and most children for that matter because they don't contribute. Let that sink in. I am. I am at an age now where I'm in charge of curating the life I want. And I only interact with people providing net positive effects on my life. And I've yet to meet I've yet to meet a baby who can pass that threshold. This is not real. I'm going, I'm doing my, of course it's real. I'm doing my best to keep all these fears to myself. I hate to say it. This is just, well, okay. I won't. I've journaled and recorded voice memos on my phone, rambling to myself to sort out these feelings, but I still can't shake the worry and negativity I am feeling about the whole situation. Logically, I can understand that I need to get over it and recognize I am likely worrying about issues that won't play out in reality. But my best efforts leave me acting overall quiet and unsure how to say anything whenever talk of the pregnancy comes up. Though I do know to slap a supportive smile on if I can't muster the ability to say supportive or excited things. 
With my extended family, I've come to accept that my life can still be full and enjoyable without close bonds to aunts, uncles, cousins, and to some extent, parents. I've found the negatives they contribute to my life often not worth much more than me providing them with the the minimum back. But I really don't want to lose my close bond with my siblings. Getting on board with their children seems like a necessary step in keeping our good relationship. I should say so. So do you have any advice on how to get excited about being an uncle so I can overcome my own anxiety about the situation? I do recognize this is my personal issue to overcome. Terrific. Okay, that's good. But I'm hoping you might have suggestions of concrete steps I can perform to ease my fears. Gratefully, and hoping not to be dragged in your advice, an anxious soon-to-be gunkle. Gay uncle, LOL. Got it. So we'll we'll answer this on Patreon. And I think, uh, look, even when we're hard on people, yeah, it really is. We want to support you. Yes. So take it with that. We we are hard on you, but we there is, of course, we're sympathetic to the fact that you're suffering. Of course. And you're having a hard time. So we are definitely going to drag you. There's no question. There's really no question. But but but, but we maybe got we got in your back. that drag there will be value. Totally. Yes. I think there and will d- be. And I applaud you. And there's nothing worse than crippling anxiety. There really isn't. No, there really isn't. And I applaud you. And everyone knows that anxiety is often not rational, meaning it's it's based in truth, but the feeling is not often a rational one. So, of course, we have nothing but sympathy for that feeling. Yeah. Uh, and we will get into it on Patreon. Yeah. Got it. So join us on patreon.com slash askrana. The Negrana is available at negrana.com. People are just going crazy about it. Can't get enough of it. And of course, our fabulous coffee at askgranacoffee.com. Dear right. Brian, I think you should go smash yourself over the head with a frying pan and take a nice long nap. That actually sounds lovely. <laughs> I might do that, Rana. I just All might. right, dear. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.